0: So you're a soldier,
1: fighting for whom?
0: With the 132nd under Perry, from 21 to 27.
1: That's the year 2027. That's right. And I was assigned to This is fucking two great. Under... Pelham
2: 123 to command center. You read me? You ready to take down our list of demands
1: now?
0: I'm listening, you animal. What do you want?
1: Do you have your pen? Go on, for Pete's sake. To begin with, it's important that you understand three things. One, panel one, two, three is completely within our control. Two, we are all armed with automatic
0: weapons. Three, we have no scruples whatsoever about killing. Do you understand me so far? Oh, I understand you. Fine, you lunatic. You'll never get away with this, you know.
2: Chris are here with Matt Howell. And on this week of the first run, we check out the latest AI is Evil Will Kill Us All film, Megan. Then, because it's award season and we can't feel too good about ourselves, we check out the Scottish import, Aftersun. We'll have the physical media releases, your straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week, and wrap it all up with another edition of TFR Libs. Super exciting. I know you're all chomping at the bit to hear what we got in store for you. So let's kick off the singularity with a clip from Megan. You have to eat the toppings, Katie, not just the bread. You just said the one thing
1: I asked you not to do. Research shows that if you force a child to eat vegetables, then they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say the preferred method is to give your child the choice. It's called the Division of Responsibility
2: so we need to talk about school. Can I bring Megan? Katie, you know that's not possible. Then I'm not going. Oh, come on, Katie. Mm. Hey, I'm sorry. Let's just talk about it. Hey, hey, hey. Let me go. Whoa, hey,
1: what's going on? Hey, Katie, what what are you doing? Stop it.
2: Katie, calm down. Let her
1: go. Eh. Megan, turn off. Are you sure?
0: are you sure man we are here now megan it's the uh, doldrums of the season Mm -hmm. right all the stuff gets dumped this season in july july in january in particular but every now and then something squeaks through and honestly i gotta say the last few years i think that whole motif is over i think that it's not true anymore i think we do get some good films in january and february it's no longer the uh cast-offs the island of misfit toys of movies that show up in january what is Megan all about,
2: Matt? So Gemma, played by Allison Williams, is a brilliant AI researcher who works at a toy company, and her sister and brother-in-law are killed in a car accident, and she is taken over the guardianship of her young niece. Um, in order to try and make her feel better and kind of deal with the trauma and make herself happy, she gives her access to a prototype self-learning AI doll Called Megan, a four-foot-tall piece of uncanny valley craziness, and predictably, because in these movies sci-fi doesn't exist, they couldn't account for all the stuff that could possibly go wrong. You know, I never thought about it that way. It's <laughs> that's a good point. It's like nobody says, "Hey, haven't you seen the Terminator? Yeah, exactly. Don't you know, this is a horrible idea."
0: That's funny. So. Again, Matt, I think the January doldrums thing is a thing of the past. One thing I do have a question for you, though, is PG-13 horror. Yeah. So Megan comes in at a solid PG-13. Was that a mistake? Is the film limited by that rating, or is it open up to a wider audience?
2: I uh, (laughs) I think it's definitely opened up to a wider audience. So I've been on record on this show saying that I have failed as a parent, which we can talk about more when we talk about Aftersun. But Mm. my daughter has flat out told me, dad, I'm just really not a movie person. So I was incredibly excited when she said, you know what? I want to go see Megan. Can we go see that? And I was like, yes, yes, we can. And she's only 11 years old. So if this was like an R-rated movie, I would have been like, it's probably a little too old for you. Maybe not something that you're ready to see. Now she was nervous about going to see her first quote unquote horror film in the theater. But I think she had a good time. And there were kids there that were probably, you know, 11, 12, 13, that they wouldn't have been able to see it. And when she went to school the next day, she said, man, everybody wouldn't saw Megan. So I think it's a good thing. Look at you, dad of the year. Nice job. So she was able to handle it all right? Any nightmares or anything? No, no. I mean, she was worried that it was going to be scary. And I was like, look. It's not like it's a ghost. It's not like a monster that lives in your closet. Do we have a robot creepy little girl living in our house? No. Then don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Not yet. yet Not yet. So good. So I think,
0: yeah. What about the the other question, Matt? Do you think it limits the film's abilities or capabilities to kind of scare at all or by running with a more pg-13 right? i
2: mean it gives definitely gives it a different feel i mean obviously if you wanted it to be r it could be a lot more explicit can be very gory it could probably be a lot more misanthropic it could be a lot more nasty which i think is a whole other part of what people who are really into harsh you know are into but at the same time i mean there's a place for these kind of milder horrors i mean it's more fun than it is scary but it has some genuinely creepy moments
0: yeah i would think so and we should say too that from what i've seen online that there is a unrated version of the film coming out on blu-ray that will i think has it's like eight minutes longer i think the rumors are and it has a couple more kills and more gore so I, i would be uh excited to check that out absolutely so i think answer my own question yes i think that the film feels a little limited by its pg-13 rating i think it suffers for it though i think it works as a good gateway for kids Mm -hmm. to get into horror right so and hopefully that was a little successful maybe we planted a seed in first run junior that (laughs) maybe get her a little more interested in movies so but i think overall i think this is a relatively i think not even relatively pretty entertaining film i have my issues with uh Nepo Baby, Allison Williams, Mm. but I think she's mostly fine in this. Unremarkable, not that particularly interesting at times, but you know what? You don't care because you're waiting for Megan to, to, you know, to F up some shit. I mean, that's what you're (laughs) waiting to see. And I think that's done really well. I mean, she is done, played by, I guess she's voiced by one actress, but then she is uh, named Jenna Davis, but she's played by Amy Donald, Mm. who I think is a child stunt actor And she's very, very good in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, too, I guess she rehearsed and nailed the uh, four-legged run-crawl thing. So that's actually her doing that, which is nice and effective. Though, we'll say, I think, that really amps up the creep factor when she gets that water damage. Mm. Then it almost kind of shifts in almost into a, like a, a J-horror yeah. kind of ghost-type thing at that point, which was always fun. This is written, as well, we should say, by the writer of Malignant, Akila Cooper. So, and there are touches of that here. There are some levels of absurdity here. And I think it's actually quite funny at times. Mm -hmm. And I think it's successful in its humor. I know you have a real issue sometimes with the melding of comedy and horror if it's not done right. What were your opinions on that for this one?
2: I struggle to even call this thing a horror movie. I think it's... It's more of a sci-fi movie gone wrong to me a little bit. So I didn't really have a problem with the jokes. I didn't think they were so overbearing or so kind of slapsticky or anything like that that they were, you know, they fit. The premise is it's a killer doll, right? So, I mean, there's humor and child's play. So I guess that just comes with the territory, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't think it ever leans into the absurdity that Malignant does. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing goes all out. I'm mean, That is just like a Coke-fueled party, that film. This one is, is a little more reserved. I mean, it knows what it's doing, and I think it winks at us appropriately at times. It's never really over the top in its comedy. It just works. Mm-hmm. It works well. Uh, I think there's some swings that maybe a commentary on what it means to kind of parent today and how some have kind of shuffled off that responsibility to the internet and the the kids devices i'm sure that's something oh, yeah. you've done oh of
2: course yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was a latchkey kid i'm sure you probably were too right uh yeah for for uh, a good part of it yeah it was me and my brother i had to take care of when i was old enough to do that
0: yeah i wonder if kids even know what a latchkey kid is, even is nowadays is that a term that hasn't even no, relevant nobody today? nobody
2: knows what that is nobody knows what a latchkey kid yeah. is good god i'm sad <laughs>
0: Matt, one thing I struggle with this thing, too, is I felt like in regards to its plotting in its story, it's pretty generic. Mm. There are some really obvious callbacks that are, you know, illustrated in the beginning of the movie that happen later on. Like bright neon lights pointing at things that you need to remember because this is going to show up again later sure. type of sure. moments. But I think in the end you kind of forgive it yeah. because it's it's just a fun kind of hour and 40 minute ride and i i don't know, i had a lot of fun watching it so yeah
2: i don't know i'm with you i mean there's definitely some uh, Chekhov's bruce moments in this and uh <laughs> there's a uh, you know and there's some nitpicky things about i'm still like a like in my opening or the beginning of this, I said uh, nobody's seen a horror or a sci fi movie in these AI films. I guess the other thing that never makes any sense to me is why would you make your AI robot stronger than a person and more durable than a person? Like, why wouldn't you make them just as weak as anybody else? Because then you would be easily able to fight them off if you had to. Um, but that is not the case in any of these films. That was the one that I had in Ex Machina. I was like, why did he make her stronger than him? That doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, um, I don't know. I could argue that for
0: Megan because she also acts as a protector. True. But you're right. For Ex Machina, I don't really. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I think this is a good entry in pg-13 horror it's a good gateway horror as chris said um you know and there's some real winners as far as in pg-13 horror i mean the ring from 2002 is only is only pg-13 so i think if this is somebody if you have a a kid in your life who wants to get their toe wet in the horror game this is a good place to do it
0: absolutely another quick little i'm trying to think of these little points I'm, i'm coming up with this name matt called quick runs it's a quick run. okay because the first run,
2: okay, that's so that's clever we we do lose a pooch in this film, I, just as a head I up. know I was thinking, oh boy, I wonder what Scouse was thinking as he's as I was watching that
0: <laughs> yeah I mean like the the kid can bite it I don't care about her <laughs> as much as I do the dog. it's mostly off screen you don't really ever see anything, mm-hmm. so I was very happy about that I was able to push that aside and then I also love the uh Robocop homage mm-hmm. when she's like tracking the pen yeah I'm sure there's a bunch of little Easter eggs in here that I just didn't catch but Uh, The RoboCop stuff always jumps out at me.
2: So, man, I'm going to give Megan a B. Wow. As usual, worlds apart, I'm going to give it a B as well. There you go.
0: Megan. And what do they do? I saw this on Twitter. I thought it was pretty funny. They really shot themselves in the foot on this one because what if we get to a third film? Because the three is already (laughs) in Megan right now for the first time. That's (laughs) true. And they do, the way that the film ends, they do leave it open for uh, megan to reappear in another film and i think there is a sequel that is in development right really? now this thing is done very well okay. cost about 12 bones to make and it's made about 48 that's pretty good and uh so and i'm sure it'll do well streaming as well i'd pick this up would
2: you pick this up yeah i would if it got down to the right price point yeah definitely
0: yeah so there you go megan is currently available in your local theater I wish it would have been uh, like a little Dolby a- Dolby action, but that's still you know being suffocated by uh, Avatar. So.
2: Yeah, I had to watch this in the regular theater. I, f- I feel like uh, like like one of the poles. when I do <laughs> the th- plebes. That's what that's what the common people do. Is see it in the regular theater. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if, uh... I was going to go in and rant about people in the theater, but I'll let that go. People buying seats next to you when there's open seats. uh, It happened to me again with Megan, and it it made me so so angry. So this is what
2: I do, Chris. Little tip for everybody out there, especially if you're using AMC on their app. Check it about 45 minutes, half hour before you leave for your house. See if there is anybody sitting next to you. If there is, cancel your ticket. Does it right then and there. Go buy another one away from somebody else. Just keep doing that if you have to.
0: That's a good idea. Here's where I run into issues, though, too, is I like to avoid trailers. Mm. So I'll come in, you know, because you, you time it out. It's about 20 to 22 minutes before the movie's it actually going to yeah. start. So I'll time it for that 20-minute mark as soon as I see Nicole. And I know Nicole Kidman's walking <laughs> in, right? That's usually when I go in. Yeah. And there'll be times when I know that I have empty seats around mm-hmm. me and there will be people sitting next to my seat. Yeah.
2: And then I get really upset. Yeah. I guess uh, if it's started i guess you could check the app seat find another empty seat and just sit over there one that hasn't been bought because you can see what's been bought
0: yeah yeah but it's it's tight man because you got that 20 minute window too yeah. It's, yeah it'll go out i think about a half an hour or 25 minutes something like that yeah. from the start time where i'll no longer be available to even look so man i love such a difficult life <laughs> get a chance to see megan us an email feedback at thefirstrun.com matt coming up on physical media we told you we were going to make a change to the segment Well, the changes continue this upcoming tuesday january 17th i'm not a big steelbook guy but i'm such a big fan of the fan of the movie i want to let you know that this was something that was happening if you are a steelbook fan the feeling is definitely there it's a new morning in america fresh vital the old cynicism is gone. We have faith in our leaders. We're optimistic as to what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism. There are no limits.
1: <laughs> it figures it would be something our like
0: this. Our nation. Our ideal.
1: Oh.
2: Vision. Excuse me. Just survive.
1: You know... You look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. You see, I take these glasses off. She looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face. That's what That's we got. That's enough out of you. You get out or I call the cops. Call the cops? You know what you need? You need a Brazilian plastic surgeon got one that can see
0: oh boy she's got one that can see Matt. that of course is a clip from john carpenter's they live uh just on screen when we just dropped our escape from new york episode which was a bear to edit we had some technical difficulties that turned into a disaster it took me oh i don't even want to talk about how many hours it took me to piece that thing together but i think it turned out good you took a listen to it man how was that episode yeah
2: i thought uh if you had uh Editing difficulties or recording difficulties, you could not tell at all. It sounded good. Ah, uh, that's great.
0: Thanks. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Steelbooks and 4K. They live. I'll run through the other ones. Culverfield's getting a Steelbook, Matt. And then this is all 4K releases again. Paramount is putting out the uh, Ashley Judd right. film Double Jeopardy in 4K. And then Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man, mm. the uh, Statham film he did recently, mm-hmm. all being released in 4K. But let's start the countdown, Matt. These are the five big releases being released on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, starting off, of course, with...
1: Number five! <laughs>
0: Number five, Keanu Reeves putting out No Mercy, <laughs> featuring Richard Gere and Kim Basinger. It's kind of a neo-noir sexy thriller mm-hmm. uh, that came out where Gere plays maverick Chicago cop Eddie Gillette. He poses as a hitman to meet with someone from New Orleans looking to have a job done. Then, uh, moving on, Matt, to number four, we get the Missing in Action Trilogy, (laughs) featuring the Chuck Norris films from Kino Orber. You'll be able to buy them as a three-disc set or buy them individually. You get 4K restorations for parts one and two, a 2K restoration for number three, and then audio commentaries on all three. What else, Matt? What number are we up to? Three! Okay, then we have Till is being released. This is a story of Emmett Till and the legacy of his mother who pursued justice for her lynched son it came out last year. We did not actually do it for the mm-hmm. show, but I would like to catch up with it at some point. I hear it's actually very, very good. The two youths. Uh,
1: uh, two what? Uh, what was that word?
0: No, the word was two, Matt. Not youths. We're not going to focus on youths. Criterion is putting out Lars von Trier's Europe trilogy. This is a box set that includes The Element of Crime, Epidemic, and Europa. You get a brand new 4K restoration for Europa, as well as 3K restorations. The first time I've ever heard yeah. that phrase before in my yeah. life. For Element of the Crime and Epidemic, audio commentaries featuring Von Trier, uh, interviews two student films that he did, and more. But Matt, to close it out there, the... Uh, there can be only one. The number one film is going to be the menu being released in physical media actually available to stream right now on HBO Max Ray Fines, Anya Taylor-Joy in this and Nicholas Holt and more uh star in this thriller that I'm going to tell you nothing about. This so is just walk in as cold as possible or you know stream it or buy it here obviously and then uh enjoy one I think one of the more pleasant surprises from 2022 it includes three deleted scenes and uh four making-of featurettes. You're straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt, though, I'm going to go with The Barn Part 2. Okay. It's been three years since Michelle escaped the events in Weary Falls. However, she's still plagued with the questions of what truly happened to Sam and Josh and the rest of her friends that disappeared on Halloween night. Now in college, Michelle and best friend Heather are put in charge of the annual Gamma Tau Psi Haunted House. Unfortunately for Michelle, Matt, some uninvited trick-or-treaters from her past come knocking, and this time they've brought their friends. Featuring a monster mash of guest stars, including Ari Lehman from uh, Friday the 13th. He played the original Jason Voorhees, the kid from the first mm-hmm. film of The Boat. Lena Quigley, mm-hmm. Joe Bob Briggs, and Diana Prince, a.k.a. Darcy the Mail Girl. Wow. All show up in this film, Matt, which will we be streaming this week. Oh, I'm sorry. And Lloyd Kaufman and Doug Bradley. Oh, pinhead. Very nice. Sure.
2: Um, there you go. So... I was catching up with some films and uh, I was looking at the work of I've mean, kind of wanting to do a run of different directors that I really like. So it's kind of just run all their their films. And I don't think I would do that with this director because his later work is a little not necessarily my taste. But Steven Soderbergh's The Limey, a favorite of Chris, is available mm. for streaming on uh, Showtime if you're a subscriber to Showtime or you can stream it on Plex for free but I don't think it's on demand. I think you have to kind of like watch it like old school TV, like when it's on.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. It's Plex is like a streaming channel.
2: Plex is weird. It's like, uh, it's a dual thing. It's where you can put all of your digital media and use that app yep. to like watch it anywhere kind of thing. Or yes, there are like streaming channels on it and it's, it's on there as well.
0: I've thought about signing up for Plex a bunch mm-hmm. of times. But I feel like from what I understand, it takes up a lot of server power or something like too, mm-hmm. like your bandwidth yeah. to run yeah. it. Cause like, like, Oh, I'd like to get, I'll, I'll have all my media. I'd like to be able to share it with like my family and they could watch movies yeah. and stuff. But I think like, you have to set up like a separate computer that acts as like a server too. Right? Yeah.
2: I started to do it because I started to pull old DVDs I had and put them onto a, like a wireless, uh, hard drive that acted as like a you know, a cloud, uh, a personal cloud. Mm-hmm. I didn't get very far. I only probably did like 30 movies before I called it quits, but I looked into Plex and I was going to do the same thing. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you really have the, the urge and the desire to kind of do all that stuff, it seems like it's a good product to do it.
0: Yeah. I had also started to do to burn a bunch of my uh, old Blu-rays and I was going to like sell them mm-hmm. or get rid of mm-hmm. them. And, but it, it's, or dvds too but then it's like a lot of them it was just like it's so work. it's so intensive to burn the the Mm blu-rays and i have to convert them because i have a mac to the different file size and i'm like why don't i just wait for to like show up for five dollars on itunes instead and just do it that way and save myself the effort yeah yeah so that's what i started doing for some (laughs) of them but then i got all freaked out again about physical media and i stopped yeah I stopped doing that entirely because stuff's starting to disappear. Like HBO Max, they say they're done doing all that stuff now. I guess at some point, okay. but or at least canceling things. Yeah. But they are yanking a ton of stuff. So I don't know. All right. So those are the. I can't begin to tell you, too, Matt, how much work it took for me to find those five clips to do the intro. Fuck! Right? I mean, I, had to, I really had to struggle to think of. Yeah. So if anybody out there listening has any ideas, right. shoot them over to me and I can uh, try and track some more down so you don't have to hear the whole, the same five <laughs> week after week. And if I come up with stuff, I think of something, I'll pull it. Yeah. But yeah, it just, I, it was so much work for both you listeners. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> it, Matt. Let's go ahead and keep rolling then and spend a few minutes talking about After Sun. Think you'll ever move back to Scotland? No. Why? Not enough sun. Very funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in the past for me. That's all. And there's this feeling once you leave where you're from, like where you grew up, that mm, you don't. Totally belong there again. Not really. But Edinburgh's never. Never felt like I really did belong there.
1: I do. It's home.
0: That's good. I'm glad you feel that way. Matt Sophie is on vacation during the summer in Turkey at this nice little resort and she's spending time with her dad. Her parents are separated and her dad is going through something. Mm. We're never quite sure what it is, but he's struggling to kind of kind of keep his life together but also maintain this facade that I think a lot of parents do where they want to keep the real world at bay from their children and stuff especially if they're feeling or dealing with some perhaps some personal turmoil inside as well. And that's what this film is about. So we have, as the film progresses, we learn that this older Sophie is watching VHS tapes of this trip with her dad and reminiscing about her father. There's clearly been some time since he's seen him. And that's what we're doing. So, Matt, I was watching this and it's gotten rave reviews. Some people saying it's the best film of 2022. Mm. And I'm curious. Now, I don't have any kids. I have a wonderful little dog, but I don't have any kids. So in this film, I felt deeply resonated with me. Maybe it's because of my own issues with my own father, Mm -hmm. but I I couldn't say. Right. But um, what about you as having a child yourself? How are you feeling while watching this?
2: It's interesting because I didn't connect with this as much as I did with like the whale because – With the whale, it's being told from the father's perspective, whereas this is being told Mm -hmm. from the child's perspective. And to me, you know, it's a little harder. It was a little harder to connect with. I didn't have the same emotional heft with it. I thought it was an excellent film and I thought the performances were great. But for me, it just didn't have as quite the emotional impact as some of the other stuff I've seen.
0: I feel and what I've read online for some people, too, who are not as into this as others have been. Is that they find the ending to be absolutely gut wrenching and just a a real punch, Mm -hmm. and I think it is. I think when when older Sophie has that moment of revelation when she's on the couch, realizing now that she has a child of her own, Mm -hmm. everything her father was trying to do and to be while he dealt with his own issues, and she understands now that she has a kid her own, and that moment of of. Realization that revelation moment to her is one of the most powerful things I've seen in a film, probably since I think Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm-hmm. which is a film that absolutely devastated me. So I don't know, Matt. What about you? Is that kind of where did the, did the at least the ending have that pop to you? Or?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got the idea of like the cycle continues, but is she gonna break out of it, or is she gonna learn the mm-hmm. lessons that she has? Because at least she has this document of it. And I think what I think stands out to me about this film is that despite everything you know the dad calum uh is doing the best he can and he really does care about his daughter it's you know i for a minute there I was waiting for that kind of bit of domestic trauma to happen. Like that thing that's in these yeah. kind of prestige pictures, which is like this awful thing that is like the turn that just kind of everything hinges on that doesn't really happen here. I mean, there's a, there's an event, but it's not anything huge. Right. And it's more yeah. disappointing and more realistic, I think than anything, you know, massive trauma happening, but it felt very real and it felt very grounded And I like that it didn't really condemn either one of them and it didn't really say that Mm -hmm. either one of them were perfect, but they were each doing the best that they knew how to do with what they had. So.
0: Yeah. This is a debut feature by the writer director, Charlotte Wells. And I think one of the things I love so much about the film is how carefully she doles out the information to us. Mm -hmm. Right. We get information and we find out more and more about, about Calum just with how, just what objects in the scre- in the on in the screen on the, on the on the screen there, with uh, his practicing of tai chi mm-hmm. to help manage his emotions and his mental state. This there's a, there's self help books on the table in the hotel, right? I mean, I, it's the moment where Sophie has to console him because of something that she loses, right? There's Caleb's. Caleb has this kind of almost suffocating sadness about him paired with this kind of erratic behavior when he, I think he's mostly able to mask and hide from her, but she can tell even as an 11 year old child that there's something, you know, amiss or upsetting or wrong with her dad. And I think one of the telling moments too, another just great little piece of information is like, he's talking to the kids, right? Or he says he didn't expect to see 30. He likely won't see 40, Mm -hmm. that type of thing, right? There is a, a deep sorrow in this man for some reason that he sees himself as a failure, but he's still dedicated to showing his daughter this great time on this trip. And then when she starts, we start getting these kind of flashing sequences with, uh, dancing and singing. And we, and then what, two weeks in a row, we have some David Bowie isolated vocals. Yes. Very true. With, with a, with a smattering
2: of, of, uh, of, uh, Freddie Freddie Mercury. Mercury, Yes. 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 I was very excited about that.
0: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's when adult Sophie slowly begins to emerge and we get a the, the piece, the puzzle starts to really kind of come together again. And the film, I think, is at once, Matt, a document kind of of their relationship, like a, a living, like do, literal document of their relationship, but also a, a metaphor about the distance between them. Every Like you said, everybody's doing most of the time, you hope. Everybody's doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And what I it take into my own job is, you know, you never know when someone's having the worst day of their lives. Right. So treat people with kindness. And I don't know, Matt. Yeah, I I love this film. I think it was one of the best films of 2022. It's a quiet, contemplative film that you have to pay attention to because she doesn't spoon feed you a lot of information, if any. It's all more like an emotional ride that you're on as you figure things out, as things are relayed to you. And it's really... It works on a subconscious level that I really appreciated, so I ended up giving After Sun an A.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna give it a B plus. I didn't emotionally connect with it as much as uh, I hoped to, and I will say that I read a description of this that this is a period piece and it takes place in like the early 2000s, and it made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wow, yeah, that. It is older,
2: because we had the video camera mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, yeah and like Macarena is, is like new. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you exposed uh, First Run Jr. to the Macarena? No, I have no plans. Have you done it for her? No, I have no plans to
2: expose anyone to the Macarena, no. You're horrible father. Apparently. Uh,
0: okay. So, <laughs> After Sun is playing, I think, in some art house theaters now, but it's available. To, you can rent it online and purchase it mm-hmm. right now, so you can check it out that way. If you had a chance to see After Sun, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. dot com. Do you anticipate any Oscar nominations for this thing? I think it's got a shot at Best Picture. Well,
2: you know what? Why don't we save that for TFR Libs?
0: Oh, oh, excuse mm-hmm. me. Fair enough. Did you know the Golden Globes are tonight when we're recording? This? Really? Like Tuesday? I didn't
2: even really. I yeah. had no idea. I don't even know who's nominated.
0: I was on my Twitter feed for a bit, and all of a sudden I see people winning stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tuesday night? <laughs> Yeah. anyway, all right, let's we'll keep rolling And if you' chance to see it feedback at the dot com after sun would love to hear your thoughts all right, Matt, it's time for who dat uh, my clip I'm about to play is going to roll right into the first question so matt you are um you you're this you're this guy
1: uh great news to report on the Black Adam front the Black Adam train continues to roll along uh Black Adam you guys have made Black Adam number one uh, again um now on digital. Uh, Black Adam is the number one movie on iTunes. We released Black Adam yesterday. We thought it was a strategic release to go on all digital platforms as we're still out in the theaters. uh, As we go into the Thanksgiving holidays and, of course, the Christmas holidays, Hanukkah holidays. Um, So you guys can enjoy Black Adam still in theaters and certainly enjoy the Man in Black at home. So thank you for uh, making Black Adam number one Again, uh, on iTunes, uh, with a bullet, by the way. So thank you guys. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe has changed. Um, as you guys have heard me say that, um, at box office here domestically, we're doing really good, really strong numbers. Internationally, we got a lot of room for
2: growth. A lot of room for growth, Matt. A lot of room for growth. <laughs> wow. He sounds like he's, he sounds like one of us. Just ranting, just going, going and going and going. He will not give it up.
0: No, I understand. Though, that clip is something he did on Insta, Instagram uh, I, a I figured while back. I figured, so it's yeah, super new. But it cost two sixty to make that thing, roughly, yeah. right? And it made three almost four hundred. It's at three ninety three. Okay. And he, uh, do you think though? At some point, is Dwayne going to give? Well, are you Dwayne? gonna give up the ghost on black adam and try to restructure the entire dcu around i mean i guess you don't have a choice now right because mm-hmm. you had that little meeting with james gunn and it did not go well. yeah break that down for us
2: <laughs> yeah so uh so first uh, uh chris uh i just want to point out that uh on the i was looking at your first run site your your calendar and and tfr lives is on this i was was for this week so it seems like we'll be doing two oh, di- we'll it? be doing two different games here for oh, cool. <laughs> we'll be doing uh a, a who dat slash tfr list i can transition that's <laughs> no, okay i can that's transition okay. all right well dwayne johnson uh the the rock uh plays black adam uh, i went in and sat down with that skinny little rudy poo uh james gunn and i tried to tell him what is up and what it is and you know i i just can't i can't work with somebody like that he has absolutely no respect so i just you know i took my talents and i said you know what it's either going to be my way or the highway and it sounds like i'm going the highway <laughs>
0: <laughs> apparently so mm-hmm. yeah i was wondering if he was trying to do maybe like a snyder push too to try and get the the fans
2: mm-hmm. around to kind of bring him back as black yeah. Adam in some capacity yeah. But Well, see, the, the, the weird thing that's that. come out about Snyder, like there's all this weird stuff coming out about the DCE, you know, the DCU and all those kind of pushes and stuff. And like one of them was like bots were like, really, it was a lot of bots pushing for the Snyder cut, yeah. which I, you know, I enjoyed more than I thought I would. But I don't think, I don't think uh, anybody's going to fall for that again. No, probably not.
0: So, all right. Go ahead and switch it to TFR Libs. I will be able to adapt.
2: All right. So, go ahead. So, there was a blurb um, in, I think, uh, Empire or maybe on a podcast or something like that, that James Cameron said that he, you know, has been thinking about doing another Terminator film. It's been in discussions. You know, they're still talking about it. And it's something that he would consider. Um, is actually coming back and full-on directing it. And he he made some apologies for Dark Fate as well. Um, he said he had some myopia with that. He insisted that some people be in it that maybe shouldn't have been. So, But he said that he would be more interested in the AI versus the killer robots um, aspect of the Terminator universe. So, Chris, you feel mm-hmm. blank about James Cameron making a Terminator movie without Terminators. It would just be like a war games thing. He said that he would focus more on the AI aspect of Skynet and that he wouldn't really be so interested in the scary robot monsters.
0: I guess, (laughs) but I wouldn't be as excited about it. And I want to say too, I don't think dark fate is
2: horrible. It's not horrible. It's
0: much better in Genesis. Yeah, it is.
2: It's not bad. I, I didn't love it, but I thought it was the best one since two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would think so, but no, what? No, I don't, what? It's going to be then just a whole bunch of this?
2: <laughs> That's all it's going to be, right? Just, I have no idea.
0: It's going to be the ending of In- Independence Day over and over again. But I mean, are you... upload a virus or something. Are you
2: going to give Jim Cameron, the storyteller, the benefit of the doubt? That he... You mean the guy who did two Avatar films that are... Yeah, which, which have somehow, good? against all odds, the second one we didn't hate... I mean, we didn't love it, but we didn't hate it. Yeah, I
0: like it less and less. Though I am kind of interested in the fire See? Na'vi that are going to be introduced in the third
2: ones. So. Yeah, he just keeps pulling. I told you there were going to be desert Na'vi. Everybody laughed at me. I said, desert Na'vi or next. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm muted. Like If I if you told me like he's coming back and they're going to do like a de-aged Arnold or he's going to voice a CGI yeah. Arnold Terminator or something like that, I'd be like, I'm, a, I'm an 8 out of 10 on that. Yeah but him going up but uh AI where you got like I don't know what young Sheldon <laughs> going up again I'm I'm about a 5
2: see for me Six, I, I'm maybe. pretty I just want James Cameron to do something else other than Avatar like I don't want Avatar yeah. to be his last films and you know I really before that first Avatar film the guy didn't miss. I mean, everything was good to great to classic, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see James Cameron kind of move outside of that Avatar universe that he seems to be so obsessed with. And just make some movies. Especially if he's only got, pulling a Tarantino, six more movies in him versus Tarantino's one.
0: You know what I'd like, to? I'd like to, for him to wrestle. Yeah. And I say this respectfully. Wrestle aliens away from uh, Ridley Scott Mm. and do one more of those.
2: Yeah. If they just went straight after aliens, that would be fantastic, man, that would be so good. I don't, it probably, I don't even know if it would be good, but I would be so excited for that.
0: Yeah. Well, all right, I'll give him a call. Oh wait, it's me. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) You Matt, you are who I want to make you in this scenario. Then let me ask you, did you see the Renfield trailer? I did. Yeah. All right. You are Nick Cage. Mm, Of course. You got to play Dracula. Is this basically the role of your lifetime? You're going to really be able to ham this up. What, to, tell us about what's going on. Yeah, this
2: is the second role of my lifetime. Oh wait, no, I screwed up. I was supposed to make it a TFR. You were lives. supposed to. I even that's, screw okay. It up again. that's okay. That's we'll, okay. We'll we'll
0: Nick Cage as Dracula in <laughs>
2: Redfield is blank is sublime. I am super excited for this. I don't know why, because it doesn't look particularly good, but I am really looking forward to Nick Cage hamming it up. Now, if I was Nick Cage, this would not be the role of my career. I think my dream role would still have been to play Superman because that's really what I wanted to do. But this is a close second. This is a, a good runner up prize for our late stage of my career.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm I gotta admit I'm a little interested in yeah. this. Uh it looks like it maintains at least the gore, yeah. right? That red band trailer had some punch to it, so uh I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, I'm I'm kinda color me
2: intrigued. Color you intrigued? I'm interested. All right, very good. I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> All right. So uh TFR lives back to this. All right. Yes. So pick two blank and blank will definitely be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar.
0: All right, so let me look up at my list. I got to update my list on my dry erase board of uh, good movies that we've seen because I only have three on that. It's the last time I updated (laughs) it. I know we've seen good stuff since then. The three on there, The Batman, Mm -hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mm -hmm. and T.G. Mav. That's what the kids are calling it. (laughs) All right, I'm just scrolling through here. Babylon, Hmm. The Whale. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what? Well, what was the category? Was it Best nominated picture. for an Oscar? Best you? Picture. Ah, shit. <laughs> I was going to sneak in Del Toro's Pinocchio as an animated hmm. movie, but you caught me. Violet night, uh, You know what? Here we go. I think Tar will. Todd Fields' is Tar okay. will be. That's yeah. one. And uh, I'm going to go... Because he
2: won, they won once before. I'll go Banshees of mm, Those are good, solid picks. I do agree with you that both of those will be on there. I'm going to go the populist route, and I think the two Populous entries will be Top Gun, Maverick, guaranteed. Bet the farm on that one. And I'm going to go Dark Horse and say uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is also going to make it as the uh, Populous pick. Nice. That's four. Four, folks. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that.
0: What about Marcel the Shell? I wonder if that would be a dark horse. Do you think that could
2: sneak in there? Mm, Well, okay. So do you think the whale's going to get nominated for Best Picture? I don't know. I think Fraser will. Yeah. think Aftersun will get nominated for Best Picture? Um,
0: could it, I don't know. It has a shot at Best International feature, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I think it's... Yeah, I don't know. What do what do you think?
2: I could see After Sun maybe sneaking it in there because it's English language, so they can't like stick it into foreign language picture. Well they don't have that anymore, uh, right? It's oh it's international. international? Okay, it's then maybe no longer, it would go in there. Yeah. I can see Fablemans getting in there. Yeah. You know, tragically. Yeah, I don't know what else would yeah. go in there.
0: Confess Fletch. I watched did I tell you I watched that with Mrs. first run? She actually really enjoyed really? it. Really? All right. Yeah. You know what full of surprises. She is. <laughs> clerks three probably not no. triangle sadness probably not
2: elvis decision to leave mm, yeah May- well it's foreign language though right so it's international yeah well maybe we could parasite cleared the bar yeah but i think that was like the token for the decade i don't think we're gonna see that again anytime soon mm, and it's not 100%. as good as parasite i mean as good as it is it's not as good as parasite no no it's not all right elvis <laughs> which i haven't even oh probably i haven't seen but they love biopics me neither yeah
0: probably will. What about, oh, here's Avatar.
2: Wait, (sighs) what? I don't know, man. God, I hope not.
0: That and Babylon, I could really go either way. I'm being nominated. Yeah, I think
2: Babylon's more likely because it's about Hollywood. Uh, I don't think it would win. And weirdly, I think, um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but I think All Quiet on the Western Front because, you know, they love a war movie. I think it could at least be nominated. Mm, I got to check that out. Got so much still to watch.
0: All right, Matt. My last one, I'm going to try and get this right. Eli Roth is actually supposedly filming Thanksgiving.
2: No shit. Amazing.
0: So his filming of Thanksgiving, actually making it from the trailer from Grindhouse is blank.
2: Fantastic. Because every time they make one of these, this is now the second one. We've got Machete, and now we're getting yep. Thanksgiving, and we're getting closer and closer to the Holy Grail. Edgar Rides, mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> <laughs> which, yes. which I desperately, desperately need to get made.
0: <laughs> I really hope at some point they pull that off. I'd love to see don't. And I don't know if you count Hobo with a shotgun, because they made a movie out of that. it was a, the only in Yeah,
2: I do right. count that. So, I mean, really that would be, what would be left would be uh, Rob Zombie's Werewolf Women of the SS, which is good in a little joke, but I can't imagine that being a full film. Hmm. Especially with Nick Cage's Fu Manchu. But then, <laughs> but uh yeah, if we can get don't somehow, man, that would be fantastic. I would be so happy. I'm gonna
0: go I'm gonna go all in and screw up the segments. What are the odds that we get a don't film at some point? Let's say it's in ten years. In
2: ten years? I'm gonna be ridiculously optimistic because I want it to happen so bad. I'm gonna say seventy <laughs> percent.
0: Seven zero.
2: Seven zero. In ten years? I mean, you don't think Edgar Wright's going to be like, you know what? Roth did it. Rodriguez did it. They've been clamoring for donuts. The best one. Do it. Yeah. All right, I'll go 51%. <laughs> Way to commit. I appreciate your convictions. I really hope so, man. That's, yeah. Oh, I hope so.
0: All right. You got anything else for us? Yeah.
2: Um, Chris, I yeah. don't know if you've even started watching yet. So this is a big, so this is a big, yeah. uh, Risk on my part, but Coben, Copenhagen Cowboy is blank?
0: I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so here's what my plan is. I still haven't finished only the good Die Young. Okay. Die, I can't remember what it's called. But the other one. And you know he has got another movie coming out right now? It's like available to stream. He's got another thing out right what now, Reffin. I had no idea. If I did, it would have been in my top five probably for most anticipated films of 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in myself. I think because I... I'd, usually I'll search for his name, but I knew Copenhagen Cowboy was coming yeah. out, so I I just I didn't look because right. I just thought that's all it was. Right. But I have to watch the other show yet on Amazon, so I want to watch that one first. So I want to go progression wise, okay. right, and then I'll check out Copenhagen Cowboy. Okay. So I will report back at some point. But I also have another show starting this Sunday. I think it's this Sunday this weekend. That early reviews are saying is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That revitalize or like right, what well, not revitalizes, but changes television you know or that type of thing like I supposedly it's like that's the kind of stuff i'm reading online for the last of us and i cannot
2: wait really i haven't read anything that glowing i've read it i've read it's like the bet one of like the way adaptions should be done is what i've heard which is you know a dig at the witcher and you know last game of thrones so i'm really looking forward to it uh but i haven't heard that it's changing the way changing the, the landscape of television that much like it's
0: a key yeah it's a mark in television history really? type thing like wow. that could, so
2: okay uh, we'll see right.
0: i like the i like to blow things up i'll have me some hyperbole <laughs> is that it Are we done we done all right well folks who would you be and who would dat or how would you fill in those blanks <laughs> just TFR lives. lives just an email at feedback at the first run dot com. I am so very tired. I I think my COVID brain wasn't too bad today. I think it was a little fuzzy at times, but I think we're we're, hopefully we're getting better. We'll see. In the meantime, check us out. Actually, no, Matt, what are we doing next week? See, there I go. Just saying I'm doing better. And (laughs) then I am about to skip the, completely uh, ruin it. Don't even have anything in there. Don't have anything in there yet. So I I have no
2: idea what we're doing. Let's see what's coming out. Vamp. Let's see what's coming out this week. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, uh, uh, so we're going to catch up with the new indie horror Phenom that's very polarizing, Skinamarink, and then a second film that's yet to be determined uh, that has some various uh, possibilities. Maybe She Said, maybe All Quiet on the Western Front, maybe White Noise, or EO. We'll just have to see.
0: Sounds good. In the meantime, you can check us out at thefirstrun.com. Find archives of all the old shows. Check out the report card and more. Head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show, and we'd appreciate it. You can check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for The First Run. Scroll, 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 and eventually you will find us. I even threw in a skull there, and I moved the order of that stuff around (laughs) for people in case you're not paying attention. And that's it. So we're going to go ahead and take an extended break. We will see you all soon. We love you very much. Take
1: care. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.